Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast, the show where business and social purpose meet to inspire a movement for positive change. Here's your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden. Few people would see a global pandemic as an opportunity to open a co-work and event space, but this is exactly what my guest today did in 2020. Abby Pantano is co-founder and partnerships director of Seed Spaces. As a retail marketing specialist of 12 years and eco-side hustle owner for two, it was a stream of devastating world events and climate anxiety that led to a new dream. What if we brought together a community of mission-driven entrepreneurs dedicated to using their businesses as a force for good? The arrival of COVID created the platform Abby needed to take the leap. Using a redundancy package, learnings from 12 years of big business marketing and a defunct purpose-built startup, Seed Spaces was born. Today, the co-work and event space based on the outskirts of Sydney CBD has blossomed into an Australia-wide digital membership with 70-plus social impact businesses in the mix and growing. With the power of community and a collaboration over competition mindset, there is no limit to what Abby hopes this incredible network can achieve. Abby, welcome to the For Love and Money podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We're going to get straight into it. And I want to kick off by asking you your thoughts on what love, what role does love have to play in business? Hmm. Yes, it's a good question. The age old question. Uh, and, you know, it, so it reminds me of, um, this question reminds me of a quote by Adam Grant, um, which is following your passion is a luxury. Following your values is a necessity. Passion is a fickle magnet. It pulls you toward your current interests. Values are a stead compass. They point you toward your future purpose. Passion brings immediate joy. Values bring lasting meaning. And I believe that um, embedding your values, that is love. That is that is true love. That's not lust. That's something that's long and it's staying and it's something that endures through the rough times. And, uh, and so really, I think I have, I've really set up my life build, building a business on love and on my values. Uh, but it's an interesting one around passion kind of plays the role of money. You know, it's, a, it's important to have passion as well. So, you know, it's always finding this balance for me. I'm very, very love driven and um and that's what what gets me up in the morning but i i think that i truly believe that to have this fulfilled um career uh having values and love at its core is something it's that undercurrent that continues to pull you along the tide um because having those foundations it, it makes a difference it makes a difference yeah that's such an interesting perspective abby because i think a lot of people associate passion with love you know, mm-hmm. which which it is, but it's that kind of all-encompassing love, lust, if you like, and yeah. it can burn out, right? And what you're talking about is that deeper, um, that deeper sense of enduring love mm. um, that that is connected to who you are, your values, what you care about. And I think that I think that's a beautiful perspective to share. Thank you. Yeah, I, maybe it uh, it comes from almost twelve years of being uh, with my husband. <laughs> that might be playing into that bit where I know that the the passion you know, it comes in and ebbs and flows, but the value system is what what really bonds us and unites us, and and that keeps what uh, keeps our flame going as well. So absolutely, and also like when 
when we think about business, uh, a lot of founders start with passion, you know, mm -hmm. a real passion to do things. But as we know, business, business is hard. Business is challenging. You know, it's it's a wonderful opportunity, but um, but it takes resilience. And sometimes that passion burns up really quickly and burns out as a result. And we all, we all, you know, know of that and know of, um, you know, incredible business people who, who have burnt out and done it ourselves. Um, so yeah, it's that, it's that enduring. I, I think it's really that enduring um, love, as you said, the values, the, 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 what you believe in, what you care about most, that forces you to get up day after day mm -hmm. and do what is needed because it's important. It matters to you and it's an expression of who you are and what you care about, who and mm -hmm. what you love, right? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, Abby, can you share your background story? Let, uh, tell us, to, you know, just briefly tell us how did you get to do what you are doing today? Sure. So um, I uh, maybe I'll kind of kick off just to explain my um, interesting accent because I know it confuses some people, it bounces around a bit. My background is I was born in New Mexico in the States and I moved to New Zealand when I was eight. Um, and I went to maybe um, five schools over three years. So for me, um, I don't feel like I really had this like enduring community core in my upbringing. Um, and I think that I... Um, I can't say that I necessarily miss it because you don't, you can't miss something that you don't really identify through that period. But I think it wasn't till, I, I think I never really felt like I quite fit. And, um, and let's see, I mean, I graduated in 2009 during the GFC and which hit New Zealand a bit harder. So I came over to Australia and I worked in marketing and partnerships um, for different retail brands. Uh, through that period and I mean that was um, that was certainly a journey of chasing lust I got to work for brands that had cool products I got to go and live in London for a month every year chasing summer and have yacht parties and and do all the things but um but there was this kind of niggle in me where it was like my value system wasn't tying in and it's interesting because it's not until you know it's in retrospect right but there were certain situations when I kept on trying to bring community into what we were building and also um I was lucky in that uh, I as time went on partnerships became a major part of my role everything I was was building is about co-creating it's about finding someone else who could share um uh like the innovation and share a, a similar customer base and we could really bring something new and like amazing to life. And I think that was that recognition for me to go, um, the superpower of collaborations to really uh, just maximize on, on this, um, in this experience of, of creating and having a business and, and, and going to the next level. And anyway, as I, I mean, as we all know, in the retail industry, uh, there can be very, very slim margins, particularly in fashion, and there can be a mindset of profit, no matter the cost. And it kept on coming back to me where I'm like this, that I feel like I'm, I'm playing into the greater problem that's here. And I spent a lot of time doing research into businesses that had embedded an authentic mission, purpose, and vision. I kept on having these sessions with branding agencies where we're like, we're going to rebrand, we're going to get a new look. And we go, well, we know that we, like when we come down to our value systems, kept on coming down to these really superficial words. So can't we come into something like a, a bit more oomph, a bit more like what's our, the way we fit into the bigger part of the world? 
and um it just made so much sense to me and there was a there was a point which um came from it was actually a diving trip I learned to dive and had gone away to Thailand because the water is much warmer over there and I can't deal with the cold water in Sydney and uh, not for more than five minutes and uh I on my third dive um I was out in the water and I spent more time chasing after plastic in the water than I did chasing after fish. And I'm looking at the fish and I see a piece of plastic and I swim after it and I'm grabbing it, I'm stuffing it into my wetsuit and I get up to the, on board and I'm unloading all of this plastic out my wetsuit and um, the diving instructors were looking at me like I was mad. I thought they would be a bit more appreciative, but I think, I don't know if it, it had started to normalize or what, but they, they just were kind of laughing at me. And um, I went, do you know what, this is, um, this is it. I have to be part of the solution. I can't keep on operating the way I am. And I came back to Australia and uh, I was fortunate that I had a good relationship with the founder. So I moved down to three days a week and two days a week. I set up a side hustle, which was selling um, sustainable drinkware products to hospitality venues, in particular, these wheat stem drinking straws. Uh, basically straw made from plants and um, like the raw product. And the thing was, I set that up and in my network, uh, my family works in healthcare. Um, my extended family have always worked in corporate or for someone else. Uh, I My social network, a lot of times it came from proximity. Um, so a lot of them came from working in another another company. We kind of went through the same sort of journey going up. But I just, I didn't have... Um, my husband is an entrepreneur. However, his brain works very differently to mine. He makes decisions in his head and I like to voice them and brainstorm and go, well, what about this? And so we've discovered very quickly that there's a limit to how we can work together. Right. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I, I think at first I, I didn't really even realize how much I needed it until I went out and set it out and suddenly got so overwhelmed. I had gone out and I isolated myself. I felt like asking for help was a sign of weakness. Um, and I burnt out so quickly. I just completely lost track of why I even got started in the first place. Um, and it wasn't until I encountered a competitor who, you know, should have been a competitor in a traditional world have been like, she runs her race, we run ours. We don't, we don't interact, but, but I, it was different because when I looked her up, she saw the problem with plastic pollution as well. And I was like, I saw a bit of a, like a soul connection there. Right. I was like, someone just like me. And so we had ended up crossing paths and I was like, let's, you know, screw the rules. Let's go for a coffee, you know, let's go and catch up. And we just got on like a house on fire. And I was like, finally, someone like me, because I hadn't met someone like me really up until that point. And I, one of the things that she was doing, she was far outperforming me in terms of um, her business. And one of the things, there are two things she was doing. One is she was outsourcing what she didn't love. And the second thing was she was joining communities. And so I was like, okay, that she's on to something here. And I, so I went and started to join my own communities. I was like, oh, there's got to be something out there. She had joined the hospitality group. I was like, I'm not so sure that's for me. And I just kept on turning up to these meetups. And uh, I just felt so silly every time we talk, people would talk about what their business was. And I would say, I sell straws. And I think people didn't quite understand that. I was like, I'm not selling straws. I'm selling, I'm selling this dream of a better future without plastic. You know, I could see this bigger picture thing, but when it pushed him to shove, they just saw straws. And when I talked about it being a social enterprise and a profit for purpose, uh, 
I spent so much time explaining myself. They just didn't get it. But every now and then I would get next to the water cooler and I would meet someone who was just like me who said, you know, I want to build a maternal hospital in Sierra Leone because she discovered one in seven women die during childbirth over in Sierra Leone. And she was building a business around being able to support that movement. And, and I, and each time I met those people, I was like, I could just talk to these people all day. And so I started to kind of, I joke about how I collected people like Pokemon cards and, and I went, do you know what? I, I want to spend more people with this. And anyway, so 2020 came, I was made redundant from my role. I had pretty much mentally given up already on the straws. I was pretty tired of it. I could, I can't even look at the stock now. I've got like 400,000 units in stock, but <laughs> I just can't do it. And um, I was working from home, looking to set up a consultancy around um, helping not-for-profits and corporates collaborate. Uh, and um, that piece I was mentioning about my husband not being able to brainstorm. I made the mistake of putting a whiteboard in the living room and yeah, it's like impossible to turn your brain off when you've got a whiteboard in the living room. You know, you just start brainstorming and Ollie was like, I can't do this. He was like, I need a new office anyway. So he found, he found a new office for himself and he was going to rent out the desks just to make it a cost neutral exercise. And that time, a lot of office space was empty. So he's like, I've got bargaining power to do this. And so I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Sure, I'll come over, I'll bring my whiteboard. Let's see where we go from here. And there was this, this room across the hall, it was an old furniture store. And it's like, the building's really cool. It's like, it used to be an old wool house. I think it's like a hundred years old, kind of like crisscross timber ceilings and floors, beautiful. And I was like, you know, if I could, if I could get that room, I think I could do something special here. And uh, I don't know if um, it was true love or madness, but uh, Ollie said, yes. He said, well, let's try it. Let's see what we can do. And so um, I knew from like what had started my entrepreneurial journey and recognition that I could um, build a business and make money and do good at the same time came from seeing Nikki Agrawal speak at a business chicks conference. And uh, and she was talking about her um, her brand. She's got a brand Tushy, and then she was the founder of Thinks Underpants or Underwear with her the period proof undies with her twin sister Rada. And oh, that was like I remember walking out and just feeling energized, like you know, it was like out here like air punching, you know, and going, "This is it!" Like you know, it just only this point like just dropped in for me. And so I knew when I was creating this space, I was like, I want it to be equal parts co working for community and equal parts events for that moment to spark a connection, spark a conversation and spark an idea. Like really, you know, it's like, it is that concept of we're out here planting seeds and really let's see what grows here, you know? So yeah, that's that's where it came from. It didn't come from opening the space, didn't come from going, I'm gonna get into the real estate game. It came from going, I wanna get into the community and collaboration game. And I wanna be here to seed ideas and help those who believe in a better world and want to like dedicate their lives to making business for good, good for business. And like the new, it's about like rewriting the role that business plays in society and also rewriting what does a successful business look like? And it's not just a bunch of bleeding hearts, holding hands, singing Kumbaya with no money, living in a tin shed going, well, at least I helped one person. It's us living in our dream house. Maybe it's a tiny house out in the mountains and it's making an impact at scale 
um, we can have both. And so that's like, that's the vision I believe in. And that's what we're, we're looking to bring to life with seed spaces and, and now seed impact, which is the impact business community that's, um, I'll say germinated <laughs> from seed spaces. We're going to get lots of these puns coming in, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't help myself. I, I work in marketing. <laughs> I know. And I know when I visited seed spaces, which is a beautiful space. Um, yeah. The puns just keep coming from everybody there it's like oh, there's another one but there's such a great energy there like it's a beautiful space and the energy in that space is um is one of of endeavor like human endeavor and um collaboration and community as you talk about listening to you abby and listening to your journey i'm sure it didn't feel like it at the time but it feels like every step was an important one for you to take to come to where you are today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was one point where, um, so I'd wrapped up the straw business and then through um, lockdown, I was like, I'm going to start. It was, uh, I even got the um, the logo for the puzzle project and I was going to be building puzzles for purpose because, I mean, it's not an original idea at all. Everyone was getting onto puzzles, but I was like, this is going to be, every single puzzle is going to be about um, giving back to a different cause, you know, and 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 then I got to where I was like, once I saw the MLQ, the minimum order quantity, I was like, I can't end up like where I did with the straws. And I really went through this oh, quite an intense slump because I was like, I just felt like I was that person who was throwing out ideas that people thought that I was fickle, not sticking to ideas, and I couldn't see anything through. And it wasn't until actually um, Ollie had sent me this diagram of going, you know, the entrepreneur's journey. It's the idea, it's the failure, it's the idea, and how there's actually um, investors who will not invest in a founder unless they've failed at least once. And I think it was, um, that was a real... That was, uh, it was a nice moment to go um, and kind of similar to the puzzle, right? It's like every piece is there for a reason. Every piece has a, has a meaning and without those pieces, it might not make sense the way it does now. And so I, yeah, I, I am a big believer of, and also intense, you know, was it intense pressure creates diamonds? Sometimes mm. It was when I was doing the three days a week working for um, the business and two days a week doing the, um, doing the side hustle I was pretty comfortable I I was like I could just truck along I didn't have a branding platform nothing like a lockdown that goes you know six months to really put that pressure going on and go we need to do something from here um mm. and so I think yeah it, intense pressure creates diamonds but it's um perseverance and supportive community that helps endure and helps you to continue with that momentum you know? And I mean, there, there, there are two very clear themes running through what you've talked about. One is, you know, you've clearly got an innovation mindset. Okay. And, and I think that goes back to where we started with this. It's, it's, it's about love for something bigger than you. It's about, mm -hmm. you know, what you care enough about, uh, what you care about enough to make a decision to put yourself on the line and do something. You know, it might not have worked out, but what you were driven by was your love for the planet and your belief that we need to do things in a different way. We need to do things in better ways. We can't just continue um, going along the way we're going with our head in the sand. So, so that innovation mindset comes through incredibly strongly, you know, including with your puzzles for purpose 
but then the um the community mindset and and I love that story you shared about meeting your competitor and you know someone like me I talk a lot about um, people like us borrowing a Seth Godin phrase it's like someone like me people like us mm-hmm. on a wider scale mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you're creating at seed spaces which I love because you know it is only with the people around us that care about similar things that we care about that understand what we're trying to achieve that we can really achieve um, the extraordinary things we want to you just can't do it alone as you discovered with with your um, wheat straws venture Mm. Um, and and I love that you sort of leaned into that and listened to that and and followed that path and seed spaces and seed impact is the result of that. So so tell us a little bit more about Seed Spaces, you know, what what is the mission of Seed Seed Spaces and Seed Impact and what kind of people are are joining the community. Yeah. So yeah, I'll kind of uh, I'll explain the two the sort of the two entities. So Seed Spaces is the physical space and um and I really like to think of it almost like the Right now, this is what's helping fund the initiatives for those mission-driven businesses. So um, anyone is welcome at the co-work space and anyone is welcome to hire the event space. Um, however, if you are a mission-driven business, business, there's a lot of perks, there's discounts that come with it. For every event, um, event space booking that we have, um, we uh, donate the space to another impact event. Uh, so like we had a, um, an amazing event last weekend called the Millennial Crisis, which was about bringing together millennials and Gen Z who are um, who are struggling with, um, with identity, with their path, with climate anxiety, with connecting with their friends in a like super hyper-connected digital age, but feeling more isolated than ever before. And um, it was nice to be able to sit in there and, and hear those important conversations taking place. So any, having an event in the space means that we can actually go ahead and support them. Um, and yeah, that that's like the physical space, you know, and it's like somewhere beautiful to come to that feels inviting and it's supportive and it's connecting. And, and one of the things that I have around seed spaces and the reason why everyone is welcome um, I will say that there is an interview process and usually <laughs> I remember when we first got started and we had a, we um, had our third business partner with us at the start. And, and um, I remember I'd actually, I'd put up a post about why we're not going to be celebrating on Jan 26th, which is invasion day, also known as Australia day. And, uh, and he was like, Oh, we need to take it down. We're, you know, we're, we're not a political space. And I said, I'm not sure if you've met me. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, uh, as much as we might want to go, we, you know, politics and values don't mix with business. I was like, if I interview every single person who comes into this space, they're going to know whether they resonate with my values or they're not because I wear my values on my sleeve. And, um, and so part of it is going, you don't have to already be operating as a business for good, but you being open to the possibility is like we'll come into the container and I think that for so long we've done this like it's not black or white it's gray everything is you know it's a spectrum and you know even we have this conversation around um around greenwashing and documenting there are 100% there are businesses that are greenwashing but there's also businesses who are trying to take small steps to do the right thing and um by shutting them down right from the start for not being perfect we hold them back we hold all these businesses back from making a great impact so one of the pieces that I have around 
see it is going, well, come into the space, come and work and come to the events and just be curious. All I ask is that you be curious and you be open-minded and we're not here to push anything down your throat. But if you find something that goes, wow, that really tugged at my heartstrings, I think I want to get involved. And you can. So so that's the physical space. And then so Seed Impact came through the second lockdown. Actually, where, let's let's just pause oh, yeah. there for a minute because right. and and I want to get to Seed Impact, but but mm. you you raise some some um some wonderful things in there. I I love the idea that you're <laughs> I, I, first of all, your partner, did they not know you? I mean, really? Oh, well, no, not really. Not really. He had gone in with Ollie on the office space across the hall. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I know. If That's he knew hysterical. me, I think he would have known he was getting into. I was like, surprise. I know you a little bit, Abby, and I was like, I absolutely know that that is core to who you are and the community you build would be, would have that at its core. But I love this idea that, you know, you want people who are, have a curious mindset, who are open to possibilities, who aren't necessarily in that space now, but they have, a you know, an open mind to actually travelling down that road. And I think that's, that's such an important space to occupy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where transformation happens. Obviously, there are those businesses that are absolutely committed and on the path and they're going to go down there whatever happens but it's the middle crew you know the people in the middle who are like yeah I'm interested I don't know enough about it what does it look like yeah I'm Mm open-minded that is where huge opportunity lies and and to give them community and exposure and support on what that could look like for them is amazing. And I love that you mentioned as well, you know, this idea of greenwashing and purpose washing and how absolutely that goes on. Um, but then, but there are organisations who um, are starting on their path to purpose or sustainability or whatever it may be. And, you know, they haven't got, everything right to begin with but they have good intentions and they're trying to do it and you're right I've seen many of those in the past shut down and I've I've found myself getting quite frustrated and angry at a sort of purist mindset of it's all Mm. or nothing you know Mm. because that's just not realistic you know you've got to make space for people to come on a journey, it is not going to happen overnight. Um, and supporting the positive steps is as equally important as holding them accountable to keep going and to keep and keeping a lookout for those who are intentionally purpose washing and green washing. I mean, there are some who do that. And yeah, let's call them out, but let's distinguish between those who are doing that and those who are trying to get started and trying to do the right things. And I've been in the, I've been that staff member. A lot of times it's also in the, in the bigger organizations, it's coming from staff saying, we want to see more from you. And I've been in those meeting rooms where I've gone, let's do this. And the response has been, 
you know what, I like the idea, it sounds good, but we're just opening ourselves up to criticism. Mm. Better to not do anything than to start and be shot down for everything else. And so I think it is, you know, there is part of that journey. And I think that one piece that I do, I do love about B Corp as a certification as a movement and it's something I'm I'm in the process of getting seed spaces certified I'm actually doing a course um at the start of the year it's like the quietest time in January so I was like okay I'm gonna get my head down and do this but what I think B Corp does is it provides an opportunity for radical transparency and I think this is what businesses are missing right now is to go rather than going look at all the amazing things we're doing is going no we're actually gonna make the commitment to like to go on this journey and going and they've got, you know, the separate buckets, right? And so going, okay, well, we're going to start with governance and go, these are the things that we're good at. These are things we aren't very good at. And these are the things that we're going to focus on improving right now. And it's like, it's kind of like, it's like airing out your dirty laundry to go, well, hey, we took ownership of this right off the front, but this is like, this is how we're improving. And I think through that radical transparency as well and giving people um, the public a framework to be able to work through to go, well, what can I expect from business means that when you get to the end and you submit for seed certification, they've gone on this journey and they go, I know what that means now. And I can expect it from others. And it drives that loyalty as well. It starts a conversation. Too many times I see with B Corp where they've done all the work and they go, we've become a B Corp. And you're like, but too many people don't understand what that means. Mm. And so I think that like being able to um, to share that journey and to be honest about what we're good at and what we're not good at. And the beauty of B Corp is because it's got the, the the buckets. It means you can go, we're focusing just on this for right now. Let's not talk about, we, we'll get to sustainability, but right now we're talking about governance and going, this is what we are on this piece. So it gives us a little bit of a um, blinkers on a little bit <laughs> as we're moving through the piece. So I'm really excited to go through that journey myself and be able to kind of see how I communicate that to our followers and what that journey looks like. And I love that you're bringing um, a sense of community to that big uh, that B Corp journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, being able to communicate that. But but what you also seem to be talking about is not just community. Once you get there, you know, mm-hmm. once you get certified, but that journey of of starting to get certified, you know, that that's an opportunity as well to share what's what's going on. I I um we um we became B Corp certified um at the end of last year and I I you know it it's a long process no doubt but I just I found it was extraordinary in opening your eyes to how many levers that that business has to create impact right? Mm-hmm. I guarantee it's more than most people think. Yeah. Um, there are so many levers and just doing um, doing the, the um, questionnaire um, to begin with, you know, it's so comprehensive, but it, it'll get you thinking straight away and going, oh my God, I could do this and I could do that. So absolutely. And um, what we might do, what we will do actually is include a link to um, the B Corp assessment um, scorecard um, in your show notes. So thank you, thank you for sharing that. And absolutely, B Corp is an uh, you know a really really powerful experience to go through. Enjoying the podcast? If you're looking for more inspiration, head to our website thecauseeffects.com.au for more resources on how you can start using your business as a force for good. Or buy the For Love and Money book. Every copy sold allows us to protect one square metre of rainforest. 
help us save 10,000 square meters by 2025. I hear a lot about how um, with, you know, to go through B Corp early to just understand what those pieces are. So you have it in the back of your mind when you're building. Um, and so, you know, it, it, how many business owners I've heard that have gotten to a certain level and gone, we'll go back and we'll do B Corp. And they go, man, I, if I only I had known, I could have set this up the right way. And so I think that um, I'd love to see, you know, the B Corp principles and foundations become, you know, foundation for, for building your business from that way up. So we have this yeah. ability when we're smaller businesses for one to 10 employees to be more agile than one that say has 50 employees. But I think that um, what we're setting up right now with the B Corp um, doing that as small groups that are, are doing the course together is it's about a brains trust. It's about going, okay, I'm it. good at this area and who else is good at this? And will we share templates? Let's share templates. And how are you getting this across the line and who has resources? You know, it's we have to move away from this silo mindset. So you're doing that within Seed Spaces? We are setting it up to go and run through Seed Spaces. I'm, I'm getting this up and running because I've got someone who's running the program um, and I want to see how she goes, but I want to bring in different B Corp consultants who will be doing um, essentially hot seats and then accountability groups. So we do meetups as well. So that's a 2023. Wait, what year are we in? 2023 project. <laughs> I'm still 2021. I don't know. What's this will air. I know this will air in 2023. This this episode will go live um, early 2023. So have have you got a name for what you're calling this? Uh, it'll probably be a, a B Corp sprint. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I I reckon I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to having it ready by the time this podcast comes out. So if you're listening to this, come to the Seed Spaces website. I'll have a tile ready. <laughs> Fantastic! Nothing like making a commitment to put yeah. a rocket up you, right? I love yeah. that. <laughs> I love that. Um, so Seed um Seed Impact. So Seed Impact came about, um, so basically we'd create Seed Spaces as a space for uh, mission-driven businesses and founders. And the second lockdown happened and obviously people could come into the physical space. And uh, so I was thinking during that period about how I could keep people connected and supported external physical space. So uh, that was a true test of resilience because I think um, for me personally to be going through the pandemic and other people going through the pandemic and and trying to build something in that period as well and also trying to build something that was for other people around community and connection it's it was literally um it was just just throwing a bunch of things out and you know and people go yeah yeah that sounds great and they would come to it and would realize no actually that's not what i needed <laughs> and so um, but it was this great journey and in, in that as time went on, while obviously our revenue dropped down significantly, our membership was growing. And I suddenly had someone from Queensland who said, well, I want to be a part of this. And I had someone from Victoria going, well, I want to be a part of this because they were again looking for people like us. Mm. And I um, and I hadn't found another community that existed like this. Uh, and so they're like well how can we get involved so we've now got about 75 members who are across Australia and including one in Cambodia and, Wow. Uh, yeah and we kind of connect between there's 
support um, and accountability calls. We have a book club where we're reading Atomic Habits right now. Uh, we have a social media club where we support each other's posts on Wednesday mornings. Uh, and so it's a nice way to kind of share our announcements and what's going on. We have a Slack channel, which is a help needed. I mean, the, the greatest gift I or um, a skill that I ever learned as a founder was to learn to ask for help and be willing to accept. And so to be able to have a, a medium to be able to do that. Uh, we do connect-a-thons where we kind of come in together and I put people into breakout rooms because my my um, my drug is getting to partner like-minded people up where I go, oh, Carolyn, I've always wanted you to meet, um, meet John. I'm going to put you in a room for 10 minutes and you guys see if you hit it off and maybe something great comes out of it at a minimum you've just met one more person like us oh, brilliant I love that <laughs> so so there's lots of like different we have expert pods where um you know this whole piece and it kind of comes back to the puzzle right which is um in a community everybody plays a different part we may not know what that is coming in you just go I just want to be a part of it but it could be you know it's like at a house party well I'll, I'll wash the dishes well maybe I'll take the dog out for a walk you know it's um it's everybody getting to contribute means that it becomes ours. It's not, it's not mine. It's ours. And so we have expert pods where people can say, Hey, I'm actually pretty good at this topic. I'd be happy to share some knowledge and up to four members can nominate to be in their pod. And then they just, they just have a conversation go, okay, Carolyn, you wanted to come into a, a confident communication class. Why do you think, why do you think you struggle with this? And so it's about relationship building. It's about knowing that sometimes we have knowledge there that we just never were able to acknowledge up until this point until someone goes I'm so bad at this and you go well I actually quite enjoy it so how about I help you and I've had members who have then created courses out of the expert pods because they've recognized oh well there seems to be a need for this so how it works is you have the knowledge the shared conversation for an hour and then you set homework and two weeks later you come back and go well how did you go with the homework and get extra feedback but so it's like this nice way to also go we have a tendency sometimes to passively consume and not to put into action and this is about going I'm setting an intention I am going to get my SEO nailed this month <laughs> and if you come back after that second week and go I still didn't do it I'm uh, I am usually the culprit for this you usually just end up going can you just do it for me <laughs> so, <laughs> I've had a sales pod where I was like can you just actually help me with my sales and I've had the SEO pod where I was like how about you just do my SEO so sometimes <laughs> you go it's nice to be able to learn how to fish but sometimes it's nice to have someone else fish for you um and it's just nice it becomes organic that. right totally totally and um and it also means that even if it doesn't end up leading into for the person who's hosting necessarily a customer afterwards it's a relationship you build and also they understand you a bit more and they can refer you to others as well afterwards so it's it's just a getting to know you piece but right now the journey for me is simplify create systems and create more opportunities where it can run independent of me so I can continue to feed in partnerships like the B Corp program like I want to get an investor ready program because there should be more you know investors say that they're keen to invest in more businesses that are um, mission driven but there's still some work that needs to be done on how we can actually make them scalable. So I'm looking to bring in an yeah, investor ready program. So I, I want to keep on feeding these things in, but my intention is with this community is to cap it at 150. There's a um, Dunbar's, what was it? Dunbar's number. Are you familiar with this? There's a, no. um, there's a guy who said that, um, the maximum number of people that any that we can ever know in a single time is 150 it's like 100 to 150 and so I'm going off of that number to go I feel like I can authentically support 150 people and then from there the goal isn't to be the biggest community 
and we want this to be the most connected community. And so there's other communities that exist that we can end up cross collaborating and and um, cross pollinating between. And who knows, maybe the future is um, someone who goes, well, I want to create my own seed impact and go, well, here's the tools. This is what you can do. And they can go and set it up. And then it's a matter of having a hub in LA, one in London, one in Madrid. And and it's cross-collaborating on impact and cross-collaborating on business as well. So that's that's the intention. I, I love that, Abby. I, I and I love it's it's refreshing. So refreshing to hear you say, you know, you're gonna cap it at 150 because that's where that's what you think is the sweet spot or the maximum sweet spot for for creating the value out of that community that that you want to achieve and and your your vision to go deeper rather than bigger mm. is really commendable um th- this phrase keeps coming to me as you're talking as you were talking about all the um benefits of being a part of the community is proximity is power and mm. you know being around being in the proximity of people who have you know similar values um, who care about similar things but are expressing it in a different way through their businesses Mm. um, but have skills and expertise that can help you on your journey is is really powerful Um, and you know that that's what community is all about it's not just as you say this nice kumbaya thing it's about helping each other achieve success but success reframed in a way that is about it's not just about the dollars baby mm-hmm. you know it's about the impact that we have on the world through our business um so yeah I absolutely love that so give me a picture five years from now with seeds sprouting everywhere <laughs> or, or, or what but I'm not going to assume that what what does it look like what does what does your dream vision look like in five years uh, I think right now it's about really nailing the business concept around um, the balance between partnerships with the bigger businesses who've got the money who can kind of help us to fund our operations and um, and as we grow that community with intentionality my yeah my goal is to basically create this blueprint for what does an impact business community look like and whether that my my thoughts are that if I can find people who are like me who set out who go have got this community mindset who love connecting people like that's their that's like they live for you know like I, I love that and um and to go this is how you can set it up elsewhere um we need more communities like this. Um, I and anytime it pops up, I'm like, beautiful, amazing. Let's do it. How, like, and how can we collaborate? And it's that's been a really cool thing with with setting this up. Is you know, I've got Anna from Ben Buddha Group, who's another impact driven community, and she reached out to me and she, we're like, let's collaborate. What can we do here? What are you good at? What am I good at? And so she's good at creating um at doing coaching programs like Kind Leadership Incorporates and for for new founders. And so finding like where do our puzzle pieces fit together so my my intention probably over five years is really to help create more seed spaces around and whether that's something that I am running whether that's something where I go this is how I did it this is what you can do over there um my 
I mean, I love, um, I love having conversations with people who are, I guess, I, I don't know if I like the term, but I guess I'm gonna go for it is a futurist, you know, who can who can actually see what that future could look like and, and kind of coming together and going, well, how do we make this happen? And I like I've got this dream of setting up a podcast and maybe this will be for next year as well, 2023, by the time this comes out around who are the movement makers. And, um, and, and one piece as well that comes to me is from a political perspective, I'm reading this book, it's so interesting, a friend of mine gave it to me called um, Don't Think of an Elephant. And it talks about, um, it's all about framing, but one of the things it talks about is, is um, the liberal versus conservative political parties and how that's adapted over time and how essentially, you know, in the conservative parties, there's many, many factions, but what they've done is they've learned to come together because what was happening is they were creating basically all of the, the guys with the big money came together and they created think tanks and they just pump money into these think tanks. They have like co-living facilities where they have uni students who come over live together and they're all um, uh, like right-wing thinkers and so and they create these like spaces to be able to collaborate and go well how are we and you know they've got media that they've built out and the thing is that the people who I, I truly believe that um the people on the left the liberal people who see a better world who want to be you know don't want to see business operators a silo that that think business and, and society should integrate um and it does integrate. I mean, you can't build a business without roads, without the banking system, without government. Like that, it's an illusion to think that you can operate as because no business could have been created without society. So let's be real. But um, but that one piece that they have for that side is because they managed to come together over their differences, over a common goal. And what we need to do on our side is we need to come together over differences. We It talks about how um, on the left, we keep on funding small amounts of money into all of the different causes. We have in our minds that our cause is the most important one, but hey, plot twist is, you know, education for women um, means they're more likely to have less children when they have, uh, make money they're 90 they usually put 90 percent of their money into their communities um you know it climate action comes from education of women and um and so everything is interrelated everything's interconnected and so can we take the same approach that essentially the right has taken to go let's start creating think tanks let's pump money into this and really take a cohesive targeted approach to how we handle society and politics and business and and really put pressure on government to act in the best interests of our planet and of society not of those who are lining their pockets with political donations so i i do have political aspirations on that side to go how do we collaborate on that level um, as mm. well with seed being a hub for that potentially yeah i mean i think that the um another piece that had attracted me to B Corp is that they were like, we're not just creating certification, we're creating a movement. We're creating a movement of businesses that are um, creating a new template for how a business should operate. And as we grow in size, ultimately, government elected officials operate on behalf of their constituents. When we start to outnumber those who want to profit no matter the cost, and we can collectively put that, uh, that um, pressure on the government to go, hey, if something's put in packaging, it has to be curbside recycling or it has to be reusable. You know, where you actually have to have a clear path to where you've sourced your product from and what the end life cycle is and what you're going to do when it's out, like the true cost of creating a product. Um, and 
that's not going to happen as long as we're operating in silos. So mm. I think coming together to be able to go, we build our businesses, but also what different campaigns and we come, can we come together on and um, and start petitioning and pushing for the government and working with groups like SECNA, the Social Enterprise Council of New South Wales and ACT, and the Social Enter- it's Social Enterprise Council. Is that the new the new body that's set up? That's uh, Australia-wide. And their whole role is about liaising between government bodies and social enterprises. So working with them. Mm. Finding common ground, isn't it? So rather mm. than, as you say, everyone pursuing their you know, their special interest area. It's finding that common ground and building that movement around that. Um, and you talk about, you know, the opportunity to put pressure on government, which I think is important. But but I'd also highlight the opportunity for business, which I know you're cultivating this, the, the opportunity for business itself to lead mm-hmm. rather than wait for government to you know say you've got to meet these standards or do whatever like we're recording this episode um midway um uh, towards the end of november 2022 and we've just cop 27 has just finished and you know the, the result of cop 27 even though there was some movement forward really i think shows us that a political solution to meeting uh, 1.5 degrees limit of warming is not possible at this mm. stage yeah. so business has to lead this yeah you know business is is beautifully positioned to lead this and you know government governments can catch up right now the political will is not there mm-hmm. and um, business is the opportunity yeah. um, business is the opportunity for us to lead and it doesn't matter whether whether you're a small business or a large one, you know, small businesses, what I'm seeing with small businesses, are they be, they are becoming a thorn in the side to big business, yep. you know, because they are innovating and building these movements of change, these little movements of change. They're forcing the big guys to reevaluate what they're doing. I mean, there are some big businesses who are, who are um, making great leaps and bounds in this area, like Unilever and others. But um, but I think it's the smaller startups and organisations that are creating change that are really getting um, big businesses um, more widely to reevaluate and start thinking about what they need to do because consumers vote with their wallets mm-hmm. and we're seeing that happen more and more. So um, I love, I absolutely love what you're creating with Seed Spaces and seed impact and this idea of community and building a movement. And I think it's incredibly powerful. And and I love your vision of success, Abby. And, and I want to ask you what you think. Um, how do you balance love and money? How do you balance profit with purpose? What are your thoughts on that? Great question, Carolyn. <laughs> That's a great question. It's uh, I um I lead with love and I'm lucky to have a partner who um, is biz- very business oriented. And so he brings me back. But um, I, I think that um, from the perspective of it being a competitive difference with love in that there's a lot of analog businesses out there doing the same thing. And it's a real competitive difference to go out there and go, we're value aligned and this is what we're doing with our power to create something good uh so 
that's been a like definitely a mutually um a mutually inclusive piece of going as long as we're kind of displaying our values partnerships with others and you know once you get into b corp there's a lot of partnerships that open up there uh but yeah i think it's a it's it's knowing that and this is something that i kind of come back to with a lot of our founders as well and why i really want to support a lot of these founders is that we know that the north star is built in we actually don't need to keep on drilling in what's your impact because we know that they're always going to kind of come back over there but it's like making them like a lean mean business making machines and going that that north star is going to keep them tapered onto the right path and um and supporting those founders who do believe in that better world and be able to support them to be able to make as much money as possible because we're rerouting money down the correct stream you know it's it's about rerouting that um that energy um energy being money into the the hands that can use it most powerfully love that love that um yeah i absolutely love that perspective i haven't heard that one before and i think that's gold thank you so we're eight years off when, when this goes live, we'll be seven years off 2030, mm. the target date for the global goals. What are your thoughts on them? Like how, um, how achievable do you think they are where we sit at the moment? And what is the opportunity to get close to achieving them? Sure. So, I mean, it, it's funny, right? So um, when I had, when I had the straw business and uh, I was, doing this course and they had um, this piece where they came over to they got got to the workbook page and they said okay circle all the ones that are relevant for you and I'm looking at the global goals and I was like okay great and I was like oh you know quite like you know sustainable cities and oh, definitely a, a quality in education and definitely oh yeah and you know I'm like I get to this point where I'm like I'm, I'm circled so many of them and I was like oh you know this is this is fine because he didn't give us a number and he goes I turned it over now over the page has got the global goals just choose one <laughs> <laughs> oh no and I'm looking at my page my page looks like it's got chicken pox and uh I go oh no <laughs> and and the beauty of this though is that there's one little number at the end which goes if you circled everything this is what you need to do and you scratch everything out and you circle number 17 partnerships for the goals and so I was like okay well this is this is where I'm supposed to be sitting partnerships for the goals and so my intention with with seed, you know, B Corp is a it's a big meaty process, um, but at its core, what I'm looking to build out is having all the businesses aligned with at least one of the global goals just one and then helping them to authentically bring that to life and it's about not just it's about aligning their values their business values and their customers values to that uh, so you know. Patagonia is just such a, a beautiful example of that where they've just really tied it in perfectly to go everyone's really got that the burn for success but um but I for a while there I was like because I love the global goals because it does at least give you some sort of framework because you're like how are we going to save the world and you go I all we can do is just sit here in this like learned helplessness and and cry but but when it breaks down to 17 goals you go okay well I can choose one of these and be part of that uh and so we have um, there's one woman, Elaine, um, Elaine Hendricks, who's in our community, who helps map businesses back to the goals. She does, she has an t- amazing online tool, go check it out. And then she'll also do a session with you. Yeah. Carolyn's familiar with her as well. I've we'll include already. a link to her, to her website in, in your show notes as well. 
Yeah. And then, and the other person who I'll plug as well is Kirley from Dovetail. Yeah. And so Elaine will map you back to your global goal. And then Kirley has a list of not-for-profits that you can then support. And so she creates powerful partnerships between them so they can document their impact. Um, You can clearly communicate to your internal and external stakeholders about going, we believe in a world with no poverty, how we are looking to be part of the solution. Because I think sometimes people get caught up in the, I don't want, especially in Australia, we're very humble and we don't want to go, well, I'm so amazing because I'm doing this but about changing it of going we believe in a world with this and so these are the things that we're doing to be part of that solution and so yeah having that map back and I think that um being able to support the grassroots movements uh when I met um Amanata from the Amanata Maternal Foundation Amanata Conte Bigger and she's the woman who um, is building the maternal hospital in Sierra Leone she's from Sierra Leone originally in- incredible story um and uh, she's got a book called Rising Heart. And she I had a really powerful conversation with her, which was talking about the importance of representation and supporting those who are in the community to do the work they need to do. Uh, and, you know, the how much damage has been caused by the white savior going in to fix a thing. We need to be supporting the grassroots movements who, who go, we know what we need. We just need the money to get there. And I think if we... Um, as social enterprises, every business should be a social enterprise. It's it's not a hard and rigid rule around what you have to do in order to do it. There's multiple different ways. Have a look at social traders for anyone who's interested. But if you're like, I'm, I'm not building a product that's, you know, creating clean water filters, that's fine. But go, well, we're, we're going to find our global goal. We're going to find our grassroots movements that are, that are helping to mobilize that global goal. And we're going to just funnel money through them. So it means that they can stop wasting time trying to raise all of this money, trying to get individuals to donate $5 a month. A business has a lot more energy they can flow into there to help them get that work done. So I think that a huge key to this is is being able to support grassroots organizations at a community level who can actually um, embed change. And the importance around that um, representation is because um, the people who are in that community see someone who looks just like me doing the thing. Mm. And that is so empowering, you know, it's so empowering to be able to go, I could do that too. When you see with someone who doesn't look like you, then you go, well, yeah, I guess someone will come in and fix it. And then they do a crappy job at fixing. You go, well, I guess this is just the way we're supposed to do because we're obviously not able to do it ourselves and someone else trying to fix it. And, you know, so really that's that's a big part of it. Um, it's really daunting. And I, overall, it is, it's scary. And and it was a big piece of what I'm doing now comes from climate anxiety. I wanted to be surrounded with, like I went to, um, like, so I guess one piece on this for anyone who sometimes isolates maybe with that climate anxiety as well is, um, I went to the Social Enterprise World Forum um, a couple months back, and it was my first kind of purpose-driven conference. And um, someone had mentioned this, and, and it's so true. Usually when you go into a room and they're talking about things like this, it can feel really heavy. But somehow in that room, it felt lighter. And the reason why it felt lighter is because you had people who are solutions-minded who were going out and being like, we'll go out and do things. We just need the money, you know? And so surrounding yourself with those people who are solutions minded, who go, okay, well, we can do this. We can do this, but we can do it together. At least helps from like the internal anxiety that comes and all, like all we have is hope. And I think as entrepreneurs, you know, you look at the stats where um, the likelihood of a business failing is so high. And if you're looking at that and going, well, that's fine. I'm still going to go ahead. We are the eternal optimists. So 
we are the perfect people to lead the charge to say, well, I can do it. I, I can beat the odds. And so that's such a, that's such a great, that's such a great analogy, right? Like it, it doesn't stop knowing the failure rate rarely stops an entrepreneur from starting a business when they're really committed to doing it. And mm. Yeah, I love applying that same mindset to um, to impact and to the global goals. And it goes right back to what you are creating. It's that sense of community, collaboration, together we can, together we will. Um, and that proximity of power, like helping each other um, make the big moves that we want to achieve, not necessarily bigger is better, but deeper and creating more meaningful deep impact so mm -hmm. um I love that I love that oh good yeah I am um, yeah it's it's funny you know it's um as you say it out loud you're like I think I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid this is great you know yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have conversations like this and go and you know I, I I always I do believe it but and it's um it's something where yeah sometimes when you get into your little silos or you get stuck on the social media scroll that little that little feeling at the pit at your stomach but it's true that that coming together as well and it, it makes it and, and do you know what it's the potential of of it's human potential and it is what I believe is the unfulfilled true potential of business mm -hmm. you know business is capable of so much more than it has already achieved you know, through this lens of shareholder capitalism. It's when you actually acknowledge that business has many stakeholders yeah. um, and how do we serve all of them, not one, you know, giving one that that huge focus um, versus the others, but all of them. Um, and that is when business will realise its potential. Now, before we sign off, and we are going to have to sign off, and I've really enjoyed this conversation, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity um, to talk about something that I know is very close to your heart because when I've attended events at Seed Spaces, you speak about it with such passion. Um, and, and that is about a voice to parliament. And I just wondered if you would like to use this opportunity uh, because 2023 is a very important year um, mm. to actually, yeah, um, sh share a message on that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, thank you for the opportunity to share that because it's it's true. It is something that's really close to my heart, and it's funny having so many different causes that you believe in. You know, I had the experience with um, the global goals, but this is one that really it's just something that's really landed deeply for me. And I think recognizing as someone who um, believes in big impact, I had to also just choose one thing that I could go in deep on because if we try to do everything, we just there's only so much. I think that it comes from a place of um, my my background is my ancestors come from as far as um, Italy, Mexico, Germany, and um, Denmark. You know, I come from a family of travelers. My um, my parents met in New Mexico, which has got a heavily Native American population, um, as well as you know people who have come over from Mexico. And um, when I moved to New Zealand, my first sense of belonging was joining the Kapahaka group. Um, and you know we learned Tadao Maori in school, and um, and I really loved. I think I connected almost more with that identity of the um, the indigenous people over New Zealand it, it was just a really it was a really special experience for me and coming over to Australia there's such a stark contrast between what's 
in New Zealand in terms of representation they have you know there's a Maori TV channel and there's just there's so much more representation and then you come over to Australia and you go something something hasn't happened that's quite right here um and I think um I kept on trying to go on this exploration to go well I want to be able to connect with the indigenous culture over here. And, and it was actually, it wasn't until I went away on, um, it was a witch retreat, believe it or not. So we went over and we learned about different types of witchcraft. And there was a person there, uh, Sal, and they uh, ran a session on um, decolonization. It was a decolonization talk. And there was um, a part um, of that session where what we did was we walked the timeline so we took you know one step for when um, the industrial revolution happened one step for or two steps for when the pyramids were built and then we took steps for how long um, aboriginal people have been like you know the first son of aboriginal people on on land and that, and I, and I'm walking, you know, they, they showed us the steps and then said, I want you to walk these steps now. And we're walking along and I just, I just started crying because this is a group that lived on this, like they, they've just lived on this land for so long, the most sustainable people in the world for thousands, like 10,000 of years. And and it's when you would do those steps and you realize how much damage has been done in the space of like, two three steps you know four steps and and so I think the tied into one they were here first and I my success comes off of the back of others pain and suffering and also they know so much about the land that we are on you know and it's not about living on country it's living with country I love that and the um I went to a yarning circle because we've got a relationship with another Aboriginal co-op and community space in Glebe and they had a yarning circle. I've never been able to get access to that. Um, and it it comes from like having a bridge, right? It come, Like it's not really accessible in Australia because there isn't trust, because there isn't a treaty the way there is the Treaty of Waitangi in New Zealand. So there isn't trust that the knowledge is going to be not taken, taken away or used for someone else's profit and um and in that circle there was a conversation around um what is your country where where were you born like exactly where were you born and how um the place where you were born um for um uh, indigenous people like that piece of land you care for that land there was a tree that started to grow the day that you were born and you care for that land that specific piece and so I think of like seed spaces as I get to be a custodian of this piece of land and and what chooses what I choose to grow within that space and so there's just there's so much stuff that's aligned there and and in terms of the the referendum the the Uluru statement it's not long it's one page long we have it displayed inside in seed spaces and you know it's about that voice treaty and truth truth is such an important piece um so much has been swept under the, the rug it's not supposed to be something that we're comfortable sharing but it must be shared what has happened until these this point the outcomes for so many um of uh of these kids and for people in these um like aboriginal and torres strait island under people who are incarcerated, who are dying in custody, and no one's held to account. There's something that seriously needs to be done. And um, and part of this statement is it's just about giving them a fair go. It's about just just being able to have a voice and to have someone who 
speaks up and has their best interests at heart. And so it's not something that's lost out. And I also believe that it's the key to climate action. Mm. I believe that having them as allies on this journey means that the outcomes are greatly improved because they know how to care for country. And we have so much that we can learn from them. Um, and I have just like one more story that I want to share, which was like my, my like, aha moment as well which is terrible because it's it's also kind of a seeing is believing moment but so I am um, I am a big like lover of music and we went to this music festival called um Rainbow Serpent which is in um in country Victoria it's in February it's our jan- end of January it's like we go out there and we arrive it's forecast for 40 degree days every day there's no water out there it is so hot and we go out and they go just get into the shade drink drink lots of water and just wait until it gets a little bit darker and then we're going to have the opening ceremony and so for the opening ceremony we go down and um they brought in a local elder who they'd flown um her in and um she was talking about you know the importance of caring for country and we reconnect and, and reshaping and then they did a rain dance and I kid you not, and this is actually, if anyone ever wants to have a look, um, go on to Abby Pantano Bramley on Facebook, and you'll see it as my cover photo. They finish the rain dance, and this gentle patter of rain starts to come down, and a rainbow appears over that stage, just wow. over that stage. And it was up there for 30 seconds, and everyone's pointing up and looking and laughing and crying, going, this is something. This is something. And then it disappears and there's not a cloud in the sky for the next four days. It was, I mean, it was just incredible. And I think that there, there's magic Mm. and there is something so beautiful that we haven't, that we would be oh so, so lucky to be privileged to be exposed to. And the Uluru statement is the first step. Um, And it's just the right thing to do. Yes. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I really appreciate you sharing those stories with us as well. And, yeah, this is something that is incredibly important. And I think for us as a nation and to achieve real nationhood, it's acknowledging, you know, um, the oldest living culture on earth, which we should be so proud right. and protective about. So, yeah, thank you so much. And, Abby, thank you for for joining us um, on the For Love and Money podcast. I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this discussion with you and I absolutely love what you are building, what you are growing with Seed Spaces. Um, and, yeah, I, I have no doubt that you are going to be successful and that there are going to be flourishing forests Um, all over the world so thank you very much for joining us thank you so much for having me I so appreciate you thanks for listening to this episode of the for love and money podcast if you'd like to take a deeper dive into the purpose movement visit us at thecauseeffect.com.au and remember Doing good is good for business. So if you're not doing good, then what are you doing?